This episode of Are You Just Watching is brought to you by D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com, where you can get a website design, web hosting, presentation design, new media production services, and consulting services. At djosephdesign.com, you have a message that deserves to look great. So make your next message look or sound great by hiring D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com. Mention the podcast and you'll get 10% off your first invoice. Are You Just Watching is also brought to you by dkingdesigner.com, where you can get book layouts done and all sorts of things to get your book ready so you can send it off to the publisher and they will be really impressed by your layout and they'll just say, whoa, this, I haven't read it, but the layout just looks so incredible that I want to publish this book for you. Well, okay, maybe not, but they will appreciate that your book is laid out in a very professional way. Check it out at dkingdesigner.com. Are you just watching? Initial reactions 8. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Welcome to the one and only podcast that shares critical thinking for the entertained Christian. We've got some exciting adventures to go through today. Oh, all in good time, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, very nice. (laughs) Nicely done there. (laughs) Speaking of time, let's take a little trip back into the past. Okay. The year was sometime in the early zeros, like not (laughs) days of creation kind of zeros, but like in the early 2000s, 2000, near somewhere around 2002, 2003. In fact, it was probably 2003. I remember my boss at the time pulled me into his office and he said, Daniel, you've got to come see this. So I go in and he wants to show me this video game trailer. And he played the trailer, and we'll have this in the show notes, too, over at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash IR7. No, eight. Eight. Yes, <laughs> IR8. He had this video. It was the trailer for a computer game, a video game, from Ubisoft, or I guess it's pronounced Ubisoft. The game was Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Prince of Persia is a long game franchise, and it's been around for a long time. Mm. And The Sands of Time was really a revolution in this series of mm-hmm. that of this game series. And the way that the trailer was made looked like a movie. Now, I showed you the trailer mm-hmm. just before we right. did our podcast tonight. And it looks like a movie. Mm-hmm. It even has the movie guy's voice. Yeah. yeah. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> in a world where sand flows. No. And it... It wasn't until several years later, probably 2008 or 2009, that I actually got to play the game. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty fun game to play. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's that game was more fun than The Warrior Within, which was a later game, more recent. The Sands of Time had a great storyline to it, some cool action, neat gameplay that was unique to the game of its time. Had a lot of free running or parkour style of running up walls and flipping and cool things and cool dynamics to it. 
Well, it was a really fun, adventurous game to play. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, our friend, because, well, we could call him that, maybe, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Brockheimer of legendary Pirates of the Caribbean and National Treasure came out to produce a movie for Disney. He produced that video game into a movie or took the concepts of it and made the movie Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Enjoy some of the awesome music from it. Beautiful music. Yeah, it takes me right back to the theater. <laughs> Harry Gregson Williams did that. Yeah. He's also done both of the... Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. And then um, he did, helped with Chicken Run and a whole bunch of soundtracks I really love. He did a beautiful job with the music. Which, if you want to get the music, as soon as it's listed on Amazon, which <laughs> may, might be right now, we'll have the link to that in our show notes. And by the way, if you buy the soundtrack from us, either the MP3s or the actual disc, if you buy it from us, or any of the links that we have on our website that goes to Amazon, it will help support the show. And Mm -hmm. we get a nice little percentage of it. You don't have to pay anything extra. You can just do your shopping like you normally would, and then you get to save because you're shopping at Amazon and help contribute to the show. <laughs> right. Which some people have started doing recently. Wonderful. And so we've I've seen that number start jumping up. So thank you. I unfortunately I can't see who is ordering right. stuff. Right. I wish I could. But whoever you are, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what did you think of Prince of Persia the Sands of Time? I loved it. Now I, unlike you, I went in knowing I mean it was completely clueless about the story or anything. So when I went in and sat down in the theater I was prepared to be completely amazed by, you know, be surprised because I really didn't know anything about the story. And it was fun. It was a really fun movie and it was clean and it was, you know, good entertainment. And I enjoyed it. In fact, I'm willing to go see it again. (laughs) Which I want you people to keep in mind something. This is a movie based on a video game, (laughs) which traditionally... Doing that hasn't been very successful. Well, Disney did do, you know, three epic movies on a ride. Yeah. Yeah. An entire movie on a part of a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. I can't figure out which way I want to pronounce it. But yeah, if they could make a, a whole movie saga. And by the way, there is a fourth movie coming out. Oh. We will be at the theater to review it, so you'll get your, <laughs> our initial reactions from that. But let me give you an idea of some of the other movies that have come out that have been based on video games. And you tell me if you've seen these. Okay. Or if you've even heard of these, or if you've heard anything good of these. Doom. No, I haven't seen it. Hitman. Nope. Max Payne. Final Fantasy. Nope. You haven't even heard of that? I haven't seen it. Okay. You haven't seen it? No. 
those were and they were okay. I didn't. They're not, not not my type. You've probably seen or heard of this one, Tomb Raider. Yes. Now that one was actually. I think those were job. pretty good. You haven't mentioned Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that one. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So, of what you know, Mortal Kombat it was a lousy movie. Yeah, <laughs> video <laughs> games typically don't make good movies. <laughs> But so much of that has to do, of course, with the producer, the actors, the mm-hmm. story writers, and all of that, and Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> because he was in Doom, and he was also in Max Payne, and both of those were just, yeah, terrible, and boring, and Right, weird. I didn't see them. Yeah, don't waste your time. But Sands of Time was very different. It was done well. Mm-hmm. And they didn't try to make it follow the video game exactly. Mm-hmm. In fact, they only took the concept of there's this dagger that can go backward in time. They and kind only of the, took the story, but they probably made a little it fit, bit. A mo- fit the movie genre better than the... Yeah. Now, let me give you a comparison here, just so people can be aware. Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time video game, the prince is Destin, 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 yeah, is a prince of no noble blood, but he is a warrior and a champion of battle. And in the video game, his father wins this special prize, and it's this giant hourglass of sand, or sort of like that, and he wins this dagger with it. And then there's this sorcerer or advisor that's some kind of sorcerer in the castle, that wants to use the sands to turn evil. And, you know, bad guys always want to take over the world. So that's essentially what this guy wants to do. The sands get released. The prince is tricked into it. The prince holds the dagger, keeps the dagger as it's his reward for being such a conqueror in battle. He's tricked into unleashing the sand. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> we'll yeah. get to the spoilers on yeah. the movie in well, a minute. I mean, for yeah. the game, but yeah. the game has been around long enough. The sands of time are released. Everybody in the village, except a daughter, the king's daughter, oddly. Everybody, and that's the thing, the, the prince actually isn't the son of the king. I forgot to mention that. I think I yeah, got you that did. confused. Not of noble blood, you said that. Um, it's been a long time since I played the game, so <laughs> it's it's not quite like the movie, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, somehow the princess is saved from this. What happens is the sands of time spread and everyone turns into zombies. Wow. Basically. Well, you got to have something to fight in yeah. the game. So yeah. you spend the time going through the game fighting these zombies, including the uh, Dastan's own father turned into a zombie. Mm. His father wasn't the king, so it was his actual father turned into a zombie. And he ends up having to kill him because he realized it. Anyway, it yeah. continues on. And then he has to go back to the castle, get back in, and then use the dagger to relock this giant hourglass in the sands of time. It reversed and everything's okay. And the dagger can control time. It can go backwards in time and this stuff. Various other things that you'll see if, when you watch the trailer. Yeah. And the movie now, let me read to you just the brief thing that... Uh, IMDB says, and 
By the way, at this point, I will say spoiler alert. We will not. We cannot discuss this movie without ruining the end. So <laughs> yeah. if you want to be surprised at the end, turn this off and come back to it after you've seen the movie. IMDb says simply in their short plot description, based on the video game, which follows an adventurous prince who teams up with a rival princess to stop an angry ruler from unleashing a stand- sandstorm that could destroy the world. So in the movie, the sandstorm has not been unleashed. Right. I thought the movie was a lot of fun, had great music. <laughs> that always makes a good movie. Yeah. Some people have told me that, oh, Daniel, that movie was just really boring. I think, but I had great music. <laughs> but it was a fun movie and cool storyline, unique in terms of how movies go. Mm-hmm. But there were things that we could talk about in it. First of all, the movie opens showing just a desert, and it has this little bit of text that you can read, and it says that some lives are linked through time, Mm -hmm. and it says some other stuff, and then it says destiny. Yes. And that's a huge theme in this movie. Through the whole movie, yes. They, they They actually ended it with the same text at the end. Except they didn't include the word destiny. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we and we see that in some say in the movie that it is fate or destiny. Some have actually in the movie said the gods have directed things. Mm-hmm. And then other ones are saying that they set their make their own destiny. Mm-hmm. So there there's basically two ideas of destiny that are going against each other. So that's the major theme of the movie. And then some of the things that have come up in it is, of course, like we said, they do pray to gods Mm -hmm. and they refer to praying to the gods or the gods blessed or the gods wanted to send judgment on the earth. And we'll get into that in a little bit because that's interesting in itself. But I thought of something in regards to the gods. See, we don't believe in multiple gods. We're not like Battlestar Galactica where we say (laughs) the gods and everything is gods and all of that. We believe in one true God. And in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And then Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3, is part of the Ten Commandments. It's the Mm -hmm. first two of the Ten Commandments. says, Then the Lord Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And then continues on to say that you shall not make an idol, make any other false Mm -hmm. gods or anything. And we see that in here there are idols. They say that they pray to other gods, they believe in other gods, and in Mm -hmm. fact, the movie conveys that there are gods that have right. supernatural powers over mankind. I found it ironic that the the city that the story is based around, uh, I don't remember the name of it now, uh, that they attack at the beginning. The king had actually ordered his sons not to, to attack the city because it was a holy city. And I believe, if, if my biblical history is correct, that it was that same Persian king that, that attacked Jerusalem. Uh, the I, I, I think they were using the name of an actual Persian king um, in that. That 
I'm not remembering biblical geography well enough to. Yeah, I know that there was a Persian king that that did um, that did sack Jerusalem because it was um, that was where Daniel and and uh, and the other Hebrew youth were taken into captivity. Um, but I could have all of that wrong too because, frankly, I'm not all that great at that. But it just made. It was just ironic to me that he was telling them not to sack the city because it was a holy city, but everyone has always known throughout history that Jerusalem was a holy city mm-hmm. and that it was the city of the one true God. And and yet, many of these cultures from, from the era that is portrayed in this, in this movie um, did go and, and sack and destroy Jerusalem. And... And we also have in this movie a picture of the the princess who is also the priestess of you don't see anything about her parents or that that there's a king or queen she's just the princess of the city and and when you see her she doesn't fight back she just prays and it was just a very interesting picture of you know this is a peaceful holy city they defend themselves but they don't attack hmm. and you know, it, it, it was um, protected by a true God, though they did say God's plural. But I don't know that it was based on any actual civilization, but it was very interesting. Well, I think that there were civilizations kind of like that, where the priestess or priest would be the, the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ruler there. But, of course, there wasn't a sands of time right. before. <laughs> I think also, at the beginning, I started to wonder if there would be a theme of seeking approval of their father, the mm-hmm. king. And I actually didn't really see that, because mm-hmm. the king was a good father. He was a good king, too, it appeared. Yeah. yeah. And he was teaching his son's responsibility. And, in fact, to one of his sons, the oldest son, mm-hmm. who was next to be king, he said... You're not ready yet. Right. You need to, he's saying, basically, you need to mature. You need to grow up some more. And the king did a great act of service by when he saw this boy, our main character, Destan. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? I feel like I'm mispronouncing it every time. Uh, Destan, I think, is right. Okay. That's the way they said it in it the right movie. Yeah. Cool. In the beginning, we see Destan as a boy, and he's chased and he stands up to some guards mm-hmm. to for protect doing an his injustice friend. Yeah. yeah yeah some guards are attacking his friend and he stands up and throws a fruit at them and then runs off and the king is so impressed by the heart of the boy his courage and yeah yes and then asks where are your parents it becomes obvious he doesn't have any parents so the king adopts him as his own he's of no loyal blood but the king adopts him mm-hmm. and he becomes a part of the king's family. And it's not like a hidden adoption, like Moses or Mm -hmm. anything like that. It's obvious. Everyone knows he's not of noble blood, and his brothers do, his family, the kingdom. But his brothers count him as just like a a little brother. That really fascinated me, That that, except for, obviously, when he gets charged with the king's death, that up until then, there is definitely some love portrayed there. Mm -hmm. And it... It reminds me of what it's like to be an adopted child of God, Mm -hmm. is that we are of absolutely no noble blood. And it all reminded me of some verses in scripture Mm -hmm. about how we are adopted or how we are part taken 
out of our non-nobility. Right. Rescued and, from that. And into a king's family, which yes. is important. Ephesians 3, 6 says, to be specific, that the Gentiles, we are Gentiles. Right. We're not Jewish, so we're the Gentiles. Our fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And also in Romans, Romans 8.15, it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And we see this awesome relationship Mm -hmm. in the family of the brothers and their father Mm -hmm. that he's adopted. He's fully one of them. And it's even understood that he is an heir to the throne if his brothers were to die. Though it's very interesting that the, there, there was a point there made that he was, he was a brother who had no aspirations to the throne. Mm-hmm. That, that there he, he could be a true advisor to his brothers because he had no aspirations for the throne. Which is awesome on his part that he was, he was humble, arrogant mm-hmm. at times, of course, right. but he wasn't after the glory. He wasn't after power. It was more just an adventure kind of mm-hmm. to him to live every day. And he enjoyed life, certainly, mm-hmm. and enjoyed serving his family and serving the kingdom that he was a part of. I think when he got outvoted at the beginning in, in uh, taking out the city, um, and then he was told that he could not lead lead the armies into the city, that he took his little group of of rabble that he had trained with and took them into the city and opened the gates for the army. And the reason for doing that, I think, was that he wanted to protect his brothers from from being the first in. Not so much that he wanted the glory of being the first in, but that he wanted to protect them from um, possibly being killed or anything like that. Mm -hmm. At least, I I mean, that wasn't said in the movie, but that was the feeling I got for his reason for going in against orders. I think, well, it wasn't against orders. It was just that was his section that he could take. And Mm -hmm. they didn't, they were, it was going to be a, collaborated attack but they just didn't expect him to make it through so quickly oh they they his older brother distinctly told him that oh okay that his the, the second brother was supposed to lead the armies in and they said he said that he just wasn't ready he told him That's he wasn't right. ready yeah. okay sorry about that and we see though that relationship is severed because of this event that happens of a betrayal that we mm-hmm. don't know quite yet who it is. And right. it turns out it was the uncle. Spoiler. Right. Yes. <laughs> the uncle who poisoned the king, his brother, mm-hmm. because he wanted the throne and he wanted to use this mystical power of the dagger to get the throne for his entire life, not just from then on. Right. And so the bond of the fellowship of the brothers is broken because there is this deception or this perceived deception. But you find out later that the trust is still there because Dastan is able to get get through to each brother individually mm-hmm. with, with the message, I didn't kill father, and please, this is what's going on. And they both believed him, which means that there was, while there was a anger at the death of the father that appeared to be at, at Dastan's hands, at the same time, they were willing to listen to him and, and see that he wasn't to blame. Mm-hmm. Which meant that underlying that that distrust was true love, because they would have if they if there was any reason for that that they felt that Dastan was not truly their brother. I don't think that he could have ever convinced them. 
Yeah. And at one point, even, I can't remember which of which of the characters it was said of this. I think it was one of the sons. It was said that, interestingly, they were blessed by the creator. <laughs> and yet they believe in multiple gods. <laughs> and they said the creator. I, I didn't catch that line. Yeah, so I can't remember of which character it was said, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was of one of the sons, or maybe of the king. <laughs> it was of someone. It, the line was said. That's the point. <laughs> now, later on, as Destan and the princess meet up, the princess of the city that they had conquered, and her name is uh, Tamina. Tamina, yeah. When Destan and Tamina are going through their struggles and everything, of fighting and trying to keep this dagger, fight over the dagger and return it into where it needs to go and all of this, Tamina tells the story about her gods or speaks of her gods, and Destan says, well, your gods aren't my gods, or your gods, mm-hmm. your, your gods. Your gods, not mine. Not mine. Right. Yeah. And it reminded me of the flip side of that, of Ruth and Naomi, when Naomi had told Ruth and her daughters to leave, Ruth clung to Naomi, and Ruth eventually said in Ruth one sixteen, it says, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. And it just stood out to me that was the flip of mm-hmm. what... Destan was saying. And you can also take it from the point of view of, of you know, the scripture that warns us that, uh, I think it was Jesus who said that if you're not for me, you're against me. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, God said in, in Revelation that, that it, if you were lukewarm, he would spew you out of his mouth. And I think that that's, when you think about it, it's like if, if we're Christians and we're for God, everybody else, no matter who they claim to be for, they are against God. And God will judge them for that because it's regardless of who, whether they believe in God or not, they have rejected him. Right. And they will be held accountable for that. And saying that something is a matter for the gods, which is the actual lead into that statement. She said, this is a matter for the gods. And he's like, your God's not mine. It's, we know that everything works in God's hands. Everything. In, in fact, the whole theme of destiny through this movie, through this movie, if you think about it as Christians, um, we can look at uh, Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes where he says, whatever exists has already been named, and it is known what man is, for he cannot dispute with him who is stronger than he is, Ecclesiastes 6.10. And that statement right there tells you it's all in God's hands, and we can't dispute what happens, when it happens, or where it happens, or anything, because God is stronger than us. So we don't have any leg to stand on to try and dispute our destiny, because God already knows it has preordained it, it's going to happen. And possibly by even struggling to keep it from happening, we make it happen. (laughs) Interesting. It's just like Lost. (laughs) By the way. You're obsessed. It's over. And actually, I'm kind of happy it's over. Finally. But I mean, we, I've got to find someone to talk about Lost because there are some big things. But yeah, anyway, (laughs) side promotion there. You know, there was the funny character in this. Oh, yes. The the businessman, the entrepreneur. The sheik. Yeah. The sheik. He was like a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. and he was anti-tax. 
and all of this yeah. funny stuff that he made a comment that the reason that they had secluded themselves in this valley that supposedly any person who entered died um which the comic relief there was absolutely hilarious with the ostrich races and and, and they asked him where the skeletons that guarded the area was came from and he said they were handcrafted by gypsies <laughs> i think um but anyway uh he, he makes this comment about that the whole reason why they'd set this up was to avoid the the worst evil known to mankind, which was, of course, taxes. Mm-hmm. And and then he says that the small businessman always pays for it all. And it made me think of of uh, there's actually multiple scriptures in in the Bible about taxes, but in Romans thirteen seven it says, "Render to all what is due them tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor." Mm. And it's just a reminder that God doesn't tell us to um, avoid our governments or to uh, do to be a conspiracy theorist and try to separate ourselves from our government. We are supposed to be good citizens mm-hmm. and render what is due to those who are in authority over us, and, and that includes God. And even Jesus Christ paid mm-hmm. taxes, right, right. even though he didn't have anything. anything. <laughs> Go fishing, <laughs> pull, open up the fish's mouth and pull out the coin to pay our taxes. And Jesus Christ said himself several times, and these were probably the other passages he had mm-hmm. in mind. He said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And he said that in, in <laughs> three of the Gospels, in right. Matthew twenty two twenty one. He said it in Mark twelve seventeen, and he said it in Luke twenty twenty five. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty obvious that as much as we hate taxes, and oh, I hate taxes. <laughs> well, I like tax day because I usually get a refund, right? But I hate taxes. <laughs> but it is still our responsibility, our duty as citizens, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is scripturally directed. Mm-hmm. And I know some script, some Christians don't like that but that's scripture <laughs> there's things about scripture i don't like either we have to talk about the sandstorm the legend yes. of the sandstorm that was uh, i think we, our ears just perked up when it came up it was just amazing how we just kind of all looked turned and looked at each other while we replace sandstorm with a global with flood, global flood. <laughs> and it's like genesis 6 yeah <laughs> Because the the lady, uh, Tamina, Tamina mm-hmm. said that the gods had seen that man was corrupt and evil and had destroyed mm-hmm. to completely, uh, had decided to completely destroy mankind. And they sent the sandstorm to yeah. wipe clean the face of the earth. And, they, and then one girl who was pure of heart pleaded with the gods to stop. And because they saw that she was pure in heart, they locked up the sands of time or sands in... in into an, a huge hourglass and and stop the destruction. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me so much of Genesis 6, of the description of the flood. It's almost like exactly the same concept. Maybe this is where they got the idea. Oh, I'm sure. In Genesis 6, it says, starting in verse 3, and I know we've talked about the global flood a whole mm-hmm. lot already in our last episodes. You can get that at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash 15, well, 14 and 15. Get both of those because right. <laughs> that's our two-part ice age. But it was in 15 that we really talked about a global flood, the flood being global. But in Genesis 6, 3, it says, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not shall not strive. Actually, let me, yeah. 
My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. That's not the passage I meant to read. It's starting in verse 5. That's what I meant. (laughs) Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Then the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So it's a wonderful story. And it continues saying, yeah. these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. He was pure in heart. Yes. <laughs> Which, that's a biblical, historical correlation to the, Tamina. Now, the huge difference here, there is a huge difference here. Yes. The, the huge difference is with the global flood, of course, it did occur, and Noah and his family was saved to repopulate the earth with the animals that they took, kept safe on the ark. In this story, the destruction was halted by, mm-hmm. by the, instead of going forth and the, and the girl being rescued to repopulate the earth... She was able to stop the destruction, but it was held back, ready to be unleashed again. Where in Genesis, God, obviously, when he finished the destruction, he made a covenant with Noah saying that he would never again destroy the earth with a flood. Yeah, that's in uh, the end of Genesis 8 and the beginning of Genesis 9. It talks about that promise that God made with us or with Mm -hmm. mankind. That, in a, in short, it says that he will never again flood the earth with water and destroy mm-hmm. all mankind with water. Right. Because the coming judgment that we believe in is of fire. Yeah. So Water would have been much easier. <laughs> fire is coming next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's also interesting that Tamina begged to be saved and begged for the gods to stop their destruction. Mm-hmm. Whereas the biblical historical event of the flood, God chose to protect the only righteous people right. alive. Mm-hmm. It's not that they were about to be destroyed and they pleaded, please don't kill us. But God chose those people who were mm-hmm. the only righteous ones right. to be saved. And certainly everyone else that was alive at the time had Mm -hmm. time, had plenty of time to repent and be saved too. But they continued living on in unrepentance and rebellion against God, and therefore they died in the global flood. You know, it's very interesting. We we got from our Ice Age, uh, we we got a feedback from somebody who said that um, was discussing, we we discussed at length, obviously, the global warming issue and and this person uh, gave us feedback saying that uh, the, the the global warming she he or she uh, believed was actually uh, man made. And I was just thinking as we were discussing this, the global flood was caused by man, probably much so much more so than global warming could possibly be. Very true. <laughs> man man was the was the initial cause mm-hmm. of of why God flooded the earth. So. Forget global warming. The global flood was man's fault. <laughs> Took about fifteen hundred years, but yeah, <laughs> that's uh, back then. That was about two lifetimes. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. So that judgment, the sands of 
are locked inside this giant thing that's then kept in this holy city, and mm-hmm. they're guardians of it. Well, actually, it was kept out. It was kept below the city. Yes. It was below the city. And they're guardians of it. Mm-hmm. But the only way that they could destroy the sands and keep the sand from being released was if Tamina, who is the one that pleaded and was effectively the one that stopped the sands, right. if she gave her life as a sacrifice. To destroy the dagger. Yeah. Because the dagger was the only thing that could break the seal on the hourglass. Mm-hmm. But yet she wasn't able to do that. No. So the dagger continued on. And even the way the movie ends, mm-hmm. the dagger still exists. And she doesn't have to give her life as a sacrifice to abate the sands. Well, technically she did, but they also cast back time. Right. So her sacrifice but, but was But didn't undone. give her life in the way right. that... that's true. Yeah, that mm-hmm. uh, she would have had to to destroy the dagger. But one of the statements that was in there about why the gods chose to save her. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Is that they say that they saw in her like potential for good or purity of heart. Mm-hmm. But still, that's contrary to the actual condition of, of man. man. Yes. Scripture is very clear on the condition of man. Jeremiah 17.9, which is what we probably all know when people talk about the condition mm-hmm. of man, it says, this is New American Standard Bible, says, the heart, of, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I like how it and American or English Standard Version translate it as sick because mm-hmm. it conveys that we have a disease and it's that disease yeah. is sin. But how does the New King James say it? It says it, it's deceitfully wicked. Yeah, desperately wicked. Desperately wicked, yeah. It's, so we are not pure of heart at <laughs> all. And also Ecclesiastes 9.3 says, This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that there is one fate for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. Mark 7.21 says, For from within, out of the heart of man, men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murderers, adulteries, and on and on. Uh, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Man is not pure in heart. Mm-mm. So and it really, even for us Christians, the the only way that we can even approach purity of heart is by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. because through our own actions and our own thoughts, we are constantly destroying ourselves. And the we're getting we're using like these religious terms now that regeneration mm-hmm. of our hearts through the Holy Spirit and through what Christ's blood. Did for us and through Jesus Christ. We're gonna have to take an offering again. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten too preachy yet, but I, yeah, I've caught, stopped myself a couple times. <laughs> well, speaking of that, it is there's an interesting twist in the movie that we find out this assassin horde that's sent after the princess and the prince of Persia. Um, when one of them is killed, the princess turns the hand over and she sees the star mark on the on the hand. And she said, 
they're guardians and just like she is and she realizes then that the the, the guardians have been corrupted and it made me remember and she actually said we're no longer pure we're no longer pure yes exactly it reminded me of uh second peter 2 there's an actually the whole chapter is this long le- lengthy uh exposition about <laughs> false teachers among the bo- in in the body of believers but it starts out by saying Second uh, Peter two one, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And I think it's kind of a warning. She found out that there was evil within the midst of her holy people, and just like that, we have to beware as Christians that there are false teachers that are always trying to sneak in within mm. the body and poison the gospel and poison our our freedom in Christ. Yeah, and that's why we need to be like the Bereans and search the mm-hmm. scriptures daily right. right? to see whether those things are so. Even if it comes from people we trust mm-hmm. or preachers, mm-hmm. so we need to be in scripture. That is our responsibility right. to as believers. check right. what pastors and preachers and teachers are saying against scripture. Right. We should never be dumb sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Sheeple as, I, Sheeple, as I've heard some people explain it. Anything else about the movie that stood out to you? That's well, there everything? was a statement near the very beginning of the movie, and I can't remember the context now. It's You know, it's really hard to take notes in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wrote it down, and it was, everything changes with time. Mm. And I just, it was, it was just snuck in there. Just, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't remember the context. But that's very much an evolutionary concept where, you know, if you could just give something enough time, it will change. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because this movie is about time. It's about being able to go back in time and change something so that things, so that you get a different future. Because the biggest spoiler of all is at the end of the movie, you go all the way back to the beginning mm-hmm. and fix it before it ever happened. Yeah. So you basically rewind the whole movie and get it fixed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so all of the changes that were made through the movie get undone. All the people who die and all of that. So, But, but that one particular phrase has, is a very interesting generalization to make. Yeah. The sands of time. It reminds <laughs> me of uh, some hymn. The sands of time are sinking. The dawn. it's about Christ's second return, but it's saying this, the sands of time mm-hmm. are sinking and time is running out for us, mm-hmm. essentially, is what the psalm is saying. And scripture does indicate that time is running out for us, and there's mm-hmm. no dagger to turn time back right. for us. Right. Now let's take up that offer. No, let's no, have no, an no. Offer, uh, yeah, altar call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the sands of time are probably running out on this episode as yep, well. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I want to mention to you that if you want to read the show notes for this and see some of the little video clips we've mentioned, the trailer for the game or get the scripture references and all of this, you can visit the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash IR8. That stands for Initial Reactions 8. And also, if you want to share your thoughts with us, and if you get a chance to see the movie, or if you've seen the movie already by the time you're listening to this, if you want to share your thoughts with us, you can send those to us at areyoujustwatching.com, 
Audio files are welcome with your email, or you can leave a comment on the show notes. Are you just watching.com slash podcast slash IR8? Or you can call in your audio feedback anytime. You can pick up the phone at midnight and it's not going to wake up any of us. It just goes to voicemail, <laughs> but you can leave a message for us. 859-353-4332. Now, if you were thinking you weren't going to see the movie and then you listened to this episode and you decided, I'm going to go see the movie. Well, sorry about spoiling it. Yeah, we've already ruined it for you. <laughs> but it's still, it is a fun movie mm-hmm. to watch. I do want to mention, if you're concerned about like family perspective of it, mm-hmm. yeah, it is violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are severed parts, body mm-hmm. parts in it, and there is some sexual innuendo, which right. kind of surprised me, some of that. that no, it, for the most part, it was clean. Though, yeah. it, you know, it surprised me that, well, it didn't surprise me, but I, it, I just found it ironic that every, the sands of time are running out, the world is being destroyed, and yet they still have time to stop and kiss. <laughs> True love comes before the end of the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Though it was fr- nicely enough a short kiss. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> I just want to see a movie sometime where like they stop to kiss and then they end up dying because they stop to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Douglas Adams would have done in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, some comedy movie. Yes. <sighs> Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And Eve, where are you on Twitter? I'm twitter.com Eve Franklin. Okay. And you can, I release and post several times when our episodes are out and what we're coming up with. And I'm trying to get more into blogging to let people know more about what's coming up in the near and far future. We haven't decided yet what our next full episode or two-part episode will be (laughs) for a movie so you're welcome to suggest anything to us and we have the right to not do it though but we do have (laughs) some awesome things coming up we've got tron later this year we've got toy story 3 which we Mm -hmm. are going to see i'm not sure if we'll have much to talk about right we are fun to see yeah we are going to see it anyway and we've got some other things coming up too that look like some really good movies we're going to have a lot of good initial reactions and for all of those twilight fans who have been uh tuning in because of my blog i do intend to uh attend the movie eclipse and hopefully do a a short podcast on that as well and i will not be there for that (laughs) (laughs) so remember that if you want to also support this show we would greatly appreciate it and you can go to the website are you just watching.com and on the right side in the column there's a support button and you can support us with an outright cash uh, gift Mm -hmm. through paypal or you can shop do any of your normal shopping like you normally would through amazon.com you can save money that way and then also we get a small percentage of the purchase price and that Every little bit helps, Mm -hmm. and I really want to get a new microphone for you soon, for Eve, and have two nice microphones here in the studio. Also, remember that you can email us at areyoujustwatching.com, that's the address, us at areyoujustwatching.com, or send in, no, that's sending in, call Mm -hmm. in your feedback to 859-353-4332. And we've got, boy, just a lot of things coming right. up with everything going on. That summer full of cool movies. Oh, yes. And then yes. the break I'm going to end up taking from my wedding, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which will be quite a break at the end of summer. 
but we really appreciate you coming. Until we hear from you next time, I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm E. Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com. Find more great, clean podcasts like this one at CleanCasts.com.